0: Uh, Have you tried rebooting it? <laughs> Fun fact: Rice fields are submerged in water not because it helps the rice, but rather because the water kills pests. Oh, huh. The rice doesn't care. No. Oh. Well, so the, that's interesting. So, because
1: is that because the places where people grow rice it rains so much that the rice is already getting more than enough water
0: uh it's the other way around like rice does definitely does like a lot of water yeah. um and so it tends to Me be too. grown <laughs> in areas where there's a lot of rain like it's a lot easier to get yeah it, that's what i'm saying so
1: it gets so much water from the rain that they don't need to drown it to get in enough water
0: uh that's not even what i'm saying so like if you oh. think of i uh, i mean I, if, if i understand what you're saying then it's not what i'm saying um <laughs> Well, maybe I don't understand what you're saying. Well, maybe but I don't understand what, what you're saying. saying. Um, so when you <laughs> think of like rice fields, or at least when I do, um, yeah. you, there's like these terraced fields, and they are submerged in water. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that that rice c- can grow perfectly fine, or even better, when it's not submerged in water.
1: Right. No. What I'm saying is that they that they don't need. We're saying the same thing. Okay. What so do you I, think? I, I'm <laughs> I'm saying that the that the that when it's submerged in water. Mm-hmm. That's not actually because the rice needs that much water. It's getting enough water from whatever water it's already getting. They're just submerging it in water because of what you just said. Because
0: it's for the the insects. They didn't need to do, but it's it's more oh. efficient, yeah. right? Uh, so the okay. the pests uh, obviously there's like uh, weeds and various of sorts of insects like to eat crops, obviously. Um, but uh, it's way more like much easier and easy to scale the. Water flooding the field version of of pest control, but apparently mm. there's a new method of growing rice that they Ooh, there's innovation evidence, in the
1: rice field.
0: Innovation in the rice field, yeah. um, or purported innovation in the rice field because it seeks to grow more rice per unit of water um, by not flooding the fields and having like a more uh, rigorous uh, process for for uh, farming them. Uh, mm. They call it the system of rice intensification, and apparently it's super it's a great controversial. Name. Like, okay. like the rice farming uh, circles. The rice farming community is up in arms? Up, well, some of them are really pro it. Some are against it. Some like uh, big name universities are like researching it, but then some are yeah. refuting it that they're like out of touch with the, the huh. real rice community. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, some people don't like change. Stumbled- well, people don't like change. And of course, you can imagine that there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of emotional heft to something that is like the biggest food crop in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. And been grown. In forever yeah thousands many thousands of years yeah um so apparently rice provides a fifth of all calories consumed by humans that's that's that might even be low from what i would have assumed but yeah. yeah that's that's a lot of calories i mean it's more than a fifth of all grain but it's a fifth yeah. of all calories so like yeah butter <laughs> or whatever you think of the highest calorie things nothing has nothing on rice wow yeah so i'll link up that system of rice intensification if is well, anyone side to. What side do you follow? Well, I have this um, bias as, uh-huh. and, and this is like, I like I was sort of starting to say this jokingly, but it is like a, actually a serious problem. It's like, as a person in the West that yeah. has a university degree, when there's yeah. a way to create an article that's like, well, scientists at universities think you can r- grow rice better this way, but then like. The people actually farming it out in whatever countries where rice is prim- primary staple crop are yeah. like have started debates and arguments about whether or not this is really actually good, the better way to do it. My instinct, without having researched it, is like, oh, well, people just don't like change and like they're probably just mm. grumpy, but like the scientists really are onto something. And that's like, not always true. And actually, no. historically, often it has been BS or actually way more complicated than or they're, you know, not taking into account the right. underlying knowledge of it. Right. But that's just where my brain went right away. When you say like, oh, how, where do you side? I'm like, of course I side on the side of the no, the it, people it, in, at Harvard it, saying here's how you should no, go. No, but, but, you know, they might
1: be right in some sense, but it also might be true that they're it, these 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 systems are pretty complex, you know? Yeah. And, it i think uh, the you absolutely can have major you know revolutions in in crops and things yes right? and, and it the, has happened over the last 100 years so there's the been. dwarf wheat in india and stuff like that but like uh, also these systems build up over tremendously long amounts of time and generally speaking that the people are doing things for what actually is a very good reason
0: yeah, and, and it also might be, and again, not having researched it, it might be that the, like, scientific way, it's like, yeah, maybe that produces more rice per uh, input of water and, and fields, but yeah. maybe it is, like, not reasonable for the small-scale farmers because, like, yeah, a lot totally. of uh, rice is grown in, these, in like, India and, and China and such yeah. on, like, these one-farmer plots rather than, like, the yeah, American Yeah, exactly. Style. Maybe they can't
1: do this super complicated. It's way more complicated. yeah, yeah. You know, um, requires a lot of capital investment and yeah. things
0: like that. So the rest that. of this podcast will be us anyway. speculating about the pros and cons of the system of rights. No, we don't know. The answer is we don't know, but we know yeah, we Yeah, but don't we just know. have to belabor the fact that we don't know because we're two guys with a, a podcast. That's what we got to We do. know
1: that we don't know. We know we don't know people <laughs> out there. Fun factors, we know yeah, we don't. But we,
0: we won't let you get away without talking about it excessively. But we'll keep talking about it. <laughs> We will absolutely keep talking about it. Yeah. yeah so uh, ch- tune in for part one of three of the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> if anyone out there is a rice mm-hmm. farmer, please let us know what you think. Um, and we could have rice It's possible. I don't the know the you know, audience yeah. keeps
0: slowly growing. I've, I've yeah. always seen podcasts to get to a certain size of audience. This is kind of an infamous thing that... It's probably going to grow to a certain size of audience and then you're gaining people and losing people at a consistent rate. That, so it cancels out. Yeah. And so they cap at a certain size. But when you take into account the different platforms, you know. No, we're still growing. Going. In the, that kind of slow and steady, someone tries out the show. They like facts and they like find it on Google or something like that. Um, and it slowly accumulates. So
1: we love you all. So if you're a rice farmer out there, let us know. Let us know the, 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 the inside scoop.
0: Hello at funfact.fm. Pro or con. Yeah. Rice and yeah,
1: or Fun Fact uh, FM on At Twitter, Fun either? Fact fun FM fact Pod, Fun Fact Pod, At Fun <laughs> Fact, <laughs> fact f- FM. Jeez. I should really
0: know <laughs> <laughs> that
1: Pod. All right, Fun <laughs> Fact. Mm. Only five percent of the world shares my eye color. Oh, green? Nope, hazel. So Maybe I'm just gonna keep kind yes. of guessing colors. So what? What? What color are your eyes? Brown. Yeah, that's what I remembered. Okay, so roughly eighty percent of the world has brown eyes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the default, but they're not all the same brown. Mm-hmm. Browns can be much darker and much lighter, and it
0: has to do with how much melanin you have. Can I have a brief question, theoretical? Do you, yeah. do you think in like 500 years where when like 99% of people have brown eyes, that there mm-hmm. may be more terminology people use to refer to different colors of brown than there is now?
1: You know, there was that thing where supposedly Inuit had more words for snow, but I think that turned out to not be true. It was at like least exaggerated, yeah. Yeah. So I don't
0: know. Yeah. Uh, maybe people just won't talk about eyes. Well, I think eyes are a fundamental thing that we find captivating, but they might not talk about eye color. Uh, the color, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They might find other things to talk about.
1: But so 70 to 80% of the world population has brown eyes. And by the way, if you do any Googling on this, you will find a hilarious incompatibility of different sites' uh, numbers. As in it's not consistently reported it, or measured. It's not consistently reported it and and people say a lot of things that directly contradict what perhaps other websites that maybe seem more authoritative say, but I sort of put together the best stuff I could, and roughly apparently eighty percent of the world's population has brown eyes. Eight to ten percent have blue eyes, five mm. percent have hazel eyes, mm-hmm. which is most common of people in the middle East, North Africa, and because of the Middle East and north Africa spanish slash Brazil right you know, from the moors and stuff. So, uh, that makes sense. Checks out for me. And apparently what I find interesting about the, about that for hazel eyes is that, so I said, brown eyes is a, uh, a function of a lot of melanin, green eyes and blue eyes is a function of a lack of melanin, right? But hazel eyes is a mixture of brown eye levels of melanin and green eye levels of lack of melanin. But it has to do with where the melanin is in your iris. Oh, interesting. So it's not just a halfway setting. No. So it's like the melanin, you have the same amount of melanin as brown eyes, but it's concentrated on the edge of the iris instead of in the center,
0: Ah, which okay.
1: is fascinating to me. So 5% of the world hazel eyes. So I don't know what that is. Like roughly, I don't know, a hundred something million people, whatever 5% of seven and a half billion people is, uh, wait, what is that? That's I'm too high.
0: 65 million, something like that. Does that sound right? I get three hundred and seventy five
1: million. Really? Five percent of seven and a half billion is three hundred and seventy five million?
0: I mean, that's what the solver said, but
1: I believe it. I mean, I'm who's gonna argue with the solver. I mean right? not
0: me. I don't know. Yeah,
1: three hundred three hundred and seventy five million. So that's a lot of people, but it's not that many people, right? Uh five percent of the world have amber eyes. Amber. Two percent have green eyes. One mm-hmm. percent have grey eyes. Yeah, I have that in my family. Super cool. 1% or le- a little bit less have heterochromia, where mm-hmm. your eyes are different colors. And less than 1% have purple or red eyes. Purple eyes. Purple eyes is cool. That, yeah. Does that so, exist as
0: like a natural thing? or? Yeah, no, no. That exists as a
1: natural thing. Uh, but it is a result of some medical. Oh, issues. I see. Okay, okay, the same with red eyes, which is a result like, of albinism. Like,
0: purple eyes, is like you have, a blue eyes, and then there's a condition that.
1: No, no, no. You get, people have purple eyes, but they also, generally speaking, have some, uh, you know, um, other <laughs> problems oh, uh, that may or may not be. Well, because you can have, so you can have the red eyes of uh, or of
0: albinism, mm-hmm. but not actually look like an albino. Oh, interesting. A yeah. I assumed that was the same like the same genetic variation would cause both but if you have ocular albinism where it's just your
1: eyes you probably have blurry vision poor depth mm-hmm. perception right. you may have rapid involuntary eye movements and higher light sensitivity and things like that so there, well, that's what i mean by there there are maybe other problems that come along with that but purple eyes are pretty cool
0: uh i'm gonna sure. i'm gonna uh yes that is fascinating i didn't know that that's possible I'm going to pause you for a sec and ask for you to tell me in your mind or in your definitions, what the difference between amber eyes and hazel eyes are, because I would have always said (laughs) that's the same. And I've just put each into Google images. No, they're completely different in Google images. They're showing me similar. It's Google Images does not answer the question definitively the way I expected it to. So amber eyes are eye color are an eye color that
1: has like, like a honeyish hue, right? It's like, closer to brown but it's not brown right it's amber it's like an orangey whereas yeah whereas hazel eyes are typically green right And but with brown around the iris
0: right green on the outside brown on the inside yeah yeah okay Uh, they can
1: also be other colors as well but typically green
0: right okay yeah i found photos now that you've mentioned that i pulled out ones that are correct as opposed to like as you were saying <laughs> on this kind of stuff, there's like random garbage on there.
1: Yeah. It's real random. I thought forever that I had green eyes and, uh, then I, someone was like,
0: yeah, but look at the center. And I was like, oh, you are right. All right. That makes a Hazel. Okay. I, yeah, I yeah. just never known what the definition was. And I'd always definitely thought of, uh, by, when I'd hear Hazel, I would think Amber, um, and some another random garbage on Google Images that maybe you'll know the answer to this question <laughs> too. Is okay. claiming that if you have um, blue uh, in part of your eye, uh, like flex and some part of the eye, and, and then a little bit of brown um, as well, they're saying that that's hazel. It can be hazel, yeah. So hazel can be blue and brown, I believe, but I don't think it's very common. So it's more of a mi- it's a, it, hazel is the fact that it's mixed inside and outside rather than necessarily the pair of colors.
1: Yeah, so blue blue has to do with like, and blue and green both. My understanding is has to do with uh, what you have in your eye instead of melanin, which is like I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to try to look it up quickly, but it's like uh, there's some other. You have lower levels of melanin, in, and that's what's creating the blue and the green color, right, uh, in your eyes. Like not not anywhere else, but like in your eyes. And I saw like a really cool explanation of this, but now I'm. I'm going to put three links in the show notes, but none of them are telling me what I want to hear. Uh, But at any rate, so it's like a different thing that's in your eyes. And then then the hazel is the melanin, if you also have that, right? But uh, I will say, by the way, apparently it may be true that all blue-eyed people are the descendants of one person. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Who had one genetic mutation that just reduced the amount of melanin they had. Oh, interesting. But uh, of course, because... So I gave you all the percentages, Mm -hmm. but I also told you that, like, those 5% of hazel eye people, mostly people from Middle East, North Africa, right? So we know that these things are not universally distributed, like, equally distributed around the world. Yes. Right? So 10% of the world has blue eyes. 2% of the world has green eyes. But 86% of Scottish people have either blue or green eyes.
0: Oh, interesting. Karen's, my
1: wife's Scottish, and she
0: has green eyes.
1: There you go. Yeah. So it's just you know there's concentrated in in different places.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then like I was kind of referring to slowly over time you expect um the dominant the dominant genes to Yeah, if if it is
1: in fact dominant, then yeah, it would
0: be if the brown eyes are in fact dominant. Yeah, I think you know, that really. that's the, the case. That's
1: I will say that if the, you know for the uh for those of us survival of the fittest type darwinian people uh brown eyes are brown people with brown eyes are less likely to develop like eye cancer and macular degeneration and those kind of things than people with lighter eyes so it's it is a genetic advantage to have the brown
0: eyes so and hmm. um, but it's yeah not as rare that makes sense and that ties into last episode's fact about us being not as uh, adapted for being daytime creatures as you would think considering that we are more or less daytime creatures
1: yeah, but 16 genes play a part in determining at least 16 genes play a part in determining someone's eye color. So I don't know if the brown eyes are dominant thing is quite as simple as you're imagining it. Is. Well, it makes sense.
0: There's a bunch of genes that go into it because you end up with these such a variation in eye colors. Like there's the different ones that you say, but then you look at individual people's eyes. Like if I, like I, my daughter's eyes, which c- comes from my dad and comes from. Uh, his mom, like can you can see it passing through, gets this mm. blue, grey, green mix that has also mm. a little bit of sometimes just around the iris there's a little bit of browniness, like a hairy yeah. amber, I guess. Um so cool. and each one of them has a different expression of it, but it, obviously it's like within some range of genetic expression you get yeah, totally. this mixy sort of eye pattern. So
1: scientists also believe that there was only one eye color brown until about ten thousand years ago. So
0: ten thousand years ago? Yeah. Oh, that's like On evolutionary time, that's nothing. That's two minutes ago, like we discussed last week. Huh. And so was it maybe just this one person's random variation and then all their descendants have all the variant, like all the green and blue and everything that it isn't, all the hazel and even all came from that one mutation, maybe? I believe that is the the theory, yes. Or you could imagine maybe that it's like that person kicked it all off, but then some of those people had so much problem with eyes and Bright sun, or whatever, that maybe their bodies then mutated, or like then you had. Have- yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. I think they are. Yeah, I, th- I think that stuff's super interesting. I don't know the answer to that, but yeah, you could imagine. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh tune in for episode one of three of speculating about it. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone out there is a, an eye farmer, no way, <laughs> <hey>, oh, that's
1: <laughs> uh expert in eye uh, an, genetics, yeah, an of, ocular yeah. geneticist. Mm-hmm. If that's even the term. First of all, tell us what to call you. And second of all, tell us
0: what we're missing. Yeah, exactly. fill us in. Yeah. Panel, our panel of extroverts is slowly filling up. <laughs> we've, we've, we're working through the profession. And we're, we're getting there.
1: <laughs> all right. Did you? I love that you said our panel of extroverts, not our panel of experts.
0: Our panel of experts.
1: Yeah, no, you said extroverts, oh. which is hilarious because they are presumably slightly more. Well, I don't know. Do you need to be extroverted to tweet at a podcast? I don't, I don't know.
0: know. I think you might get some introverts doing that. Yeah, I think I, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm just, just going to go out of the limb. Yeah. Fun fact. While all countries use 24-hour time, and some mm. also use 12-hour time, there mm. is another regional variant in play. Six-hour time. Six-hour time? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is to be kay. clear, I'm not talking about the 3D time cube. <laughs> yeah, or swatch no, time. No, it's not swatch time. This is the same right. old time that we use where uh, there's 24 hours in a day. But yeah. uh, in a lot of Canada, Canadian contexts, and even more American contexts, you we have there's, this habit of splitting up those 24 hours into 12 hours twice.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah it's two 12 hours later. You're saying some places do four six-hour periods.
0: Yeah. Um, so this was okay. uh, Thailand, Laos, and Cambodia. for okay. For many years, the standard time was in these four sets of six hours. And so they would count them like, at the at the beginning of the day you would have one early morning, two early morning, through up to five early morning.
1: Oh,
0: cool. Then six in the morning, then one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, five in the morning. Wait, so hold on. So six in the early morning. No, right? well you would think that. Like you part of your your programmer brain would think, Oh no, it should be five early morning, six early morning. But that's not yeah. the way we count either, right? Like we count up to like eleven more in the morning. Oh, so I see. So the grouping the grouping's not the number, it's the name? Well, <laughs> The, the, the numbers go 1 to 6, 1 to 6, 1 to 6, 1 to six, 1 to 6.
1: Okay, but the sixth one is the first one of the next one? Yeah,
0: that's the way we do it, too. Like, if it's 11... Oh, yeah, 12 is... Yeah, you're right. ...50 in the morning, and then it's yeah. 12.50 in the afternoon, right? The yeah. name for what kind of hour it is changes 1 before it loops around to 1 again, Oh, you're right. That's super confusing to talk about on a How podcast, would but yeah, you're right. How you ever teach someone this? I don't know. It's just part of... No, it's, yeah. It's one of the colloquial things that everyone picks up. But apparently it's intuitive because it, it came in both in English and in like Thai timekeeping yeah. that...
1: One through five early morning. One through
0: five early morning, and then six and... Six through... Six through five through in through the morning. Five morning. Yeah, six through five being six, one two six through five yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then midday, one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon... Through to, uh, they change. No, it's six in the morning. It's six in the uh, midday to five to the No, midday, right? well, the, it's apparently not according to Wikipedia. It's what? Midday. So then they don't do that? Well, no, we do the same <laughs> We do the same thing. <laughs> okay. It was like, okay, it'll be 11 in the morning and then midday and then one in the afternoon. We don't yeah. say one in the midday, two in the midday either. Okay. So they say one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, up to the one that's very irregular is they say six in the evening just for 6 okay. just for 6 yeah. only 6 is in the evening and then, and then one, at night, one at night 2 at night all, all the way to, to midnight so so
1: the evening is 1 hour in yeah time? that's the,
0: that's the quirky part of it the rest of it okay. all follows the same logic as our morning system well yeah but i've never well we st- we actually have the same idea and that we will say like 5 in the afternoon but there's no 7 in the afternoon like we actually there's no 7 in the afternoon yeah right so we we re- we actually flip our naming as we go from afternoon to evening too, we just don't have a consistent definition. Like all English speakers don't use the same right. agreement. But actually, but no one would ever say, no one would ever say six in the afternoon, would they? No, but I did listen to a podcast
1: where where someone was saying, yeah, 11 a.m., you know, it's afternoon. And <laughs> the other person was saying like, 11 a.m. is literally not afternoon.
0: That that, that one like, has a very simple definition. Morning is our Yeah, yeah, but
1: they're like, they're like eleven in the afternoon. Like I feel like if you say we're meeting in the afternoon, like you know that starts at like eleven, and the other person's like, it cannot be true. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But it, I do feel like this is almost a little bit like one of those things, like like a thing where every native English speaker can tell you mm-hmm. this incredibly complex ordering of adjectives, mm-hmm. and none of us could ever explain to yeah. you what those rules are or why Yeah,
0: you couldn't write down the rules, but you could always, follow. I couldn't them. write it down, but I know if you say it wrong, you sound like a crazy <laughs> yeah. person. And this is like, so. that with time. And this in the way that I, if I'm somebody who was like, oh yeah, well it was eight in the afternoon that everyone's brain would just be like asterisk. Yeah, everyone's of, like, what, what What are you talking that's about? Not thing,
1: that's, right. that's not right. And so, but there's, I've never thought about, my point is I've never thought about this formally. Yeah. So you saying this about another language is making me where the, and where the names are slightly different. Yeah. It's just like, this like, doesn't
0: make any sense. That's
1: why is it? <laughs> This makes zero sense. This is nonsense. And then you're like, no, you literally do this. You just don't realize that you do this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And actually, almost all the system is the same verbally because they'll say like 11 at night, midnight, and then one, like they say one early morning instead of one in the morning. But we would do the same thing too. Instead of one in the morning, but we would say, yeah, yeah. So it's using all the same logic. It's just doubled over, which then is is like a nice way of kind of putting a, a nice like framing for us who are Hmm. used to the 12 hour system that it is dumb (laughs) (laughs) that it's dumb or that's just it's arbitrary well both but like why is it dumb well it's just unnecessarily complicated i really actually I, i will back off on arguing that do you just want 24 hour time well obviously 24 hour time is better i've lived in both and
1: i i don't find it it's i don't know people don't really commit to 24 hour time really because people don't say, I'll meet you at 14. Yeah. And so then it's like, yeah, the clock says 14, but people don't say 14. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's... I, you know, as you know, I have very strong feelings about the differences between Celsius and Fahrenheit. But <laughs> we will not I don't. I can. Absolutely not. But I do not have strong feelings on this one. I've lived in both, and both are fine. I just think they're both pretty arbitrary. And, like, you could make the argument that... 24-hour time is less likely to produce a certain kind of error. Yeah, 24-hour
0: time is very much less likely to produce a certain kind of error. Um, yeah. And so that's why it's required. Like I'd mentioned, everywhere uses 24-hour time to some degree, military and medical, right? Like yeah. For sure, Medical, because they have It's to. important to say that this thing should be administered and what, right. what you're verbally saying. But the
1: military is also literally going to say 1430 or like 0600 or whatever. They're going to be like extremely precise. But when I've lived in countries that use 24-hour time, people do not always say, I'll see you at 14.
0: Yeah, this is – Or
1: I'll see you at, yeah, that's at,
0: super at com- you know, 1630. That's super common in okay, So like the U.S. is – the, the most like then the few countries in Africa um are like the countries that are really <laughs> stubborn, like strictly 12-hour time for almost all uses and then like yeah, a lot of countries doing it right. like Canada uh and then I did was reading a little bit like India China uh um countries will use 24-hour time in more contexts but not like uh universally um so yeah. like government of Canada officially advises people to use 24-hour time but we use 12 like my my clocks are all set to 12 hour time even though i argue that 24 hour time is like theoretically <laughs> superior right so i'm but, and no one in,
1: when i lived in scotland no one ever said let's go out for a drink at you know 22
0: right and that's and,
1: and in german people don't and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't in german
0: yeah and that's the most common is like what they have in like germany uh or russia brazil like lots of countries have the 24 hour time written and 12 hour, yeah. hour time spoken
1: that's right that's what they do they yeah totally uh-huh. um and like if you text someone, you would say let's meet at fourteen. Yes. But if you're saying it, you wouldn't say fourteen. You would say two.
0: Yeah. And that's the that's the like a very common thing in a lot of countries. Um. But there are a set of countries like France, uh, Indonesia, apparently, um. That use twenty four hour spoken and written. Wow. So they're fully committed. And I think that comes out of the same stuff. Yeah, in in France had a lot of standardization of things around those revolutionary yeah. period where it's like out with all the old, we're resetting everything, we're measuring everything differently, time, space, everything. And yeah, uh, I might
1: do a fun fact at some point on revolutionary France, but like one of the things that I would talk about if I did that is that they had they tried to have a ten hour day, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not ten hour sections, <laughs> just a ten hour day. You know, I really uh, I should read more about the French Revolution because I get so much. Like it's so interesting thinking about being in that time and that ten-hour day, and I'm sure there was a whole bunch of other stories of attempted reforms that, in oh, yeah. retrospect, are so stupid. They were like, you obviously shouldn't change that thing. It's just the way. But they things also invented are. the metric system. But they also invented the metric system, and like it makes so much sense. Them coming from a context where okay, there's been hundreds or thousands of years of this this sort of rules ruling system, right? And obviously, some of it is wrong. But which parts of it are wrong? Yeah. And to, they just like, tried to throw out, out by the trying. whole thing. And then
1: a lot of it came back because people were like, no, this is dumb.
0: Yeah. But then a bunch of it stuck and a bunch of it actually was a way ahead of its time because they actually yeah. went and did all the agitation of resetting, you know, at great cost. and with a whole Totally. Of asterisks. But all this agitation, like tried the various different things. There's some cool it-
1: watches that have both times and both date systems on it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that people would learn theoretically over time. Yeah. it's interesting. Yeah
0: um but yeah six hour time it's a thing it's arbitrary but then so is 12 hour time i like yeah. it yeah i'm into it let's start doing it just you and me okay <laughs> we'll just the gonna, two of us as yeah, if my brain doesn't have thing. enough times of having to convert between 24 and 12 i still actually another thing part of why i've been a little bit more leaning on maybe putting my clock all to 24 hour mm. time is um that when i'm scheduling meetings across time zones which i've For been doing sure. a lot more recently yeah. Having to do the math quickly of time zones, I know, of course, people use these little clocks that show all the different times. but yeah. like, often it's like, okay, would well, you want to meet at one or three? Uh, but then I'm plus threeing those numbers. Uh, mm. And that's, and then, or actually the bigger one is meeting at like 11 plus three or 10 plus three. Yeah, anytime three it might- crosses
1: the 12 boundary, your brain just starts to break.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting quite used to, like I, I think maybe probably why, like the sort of people who have to deal with Booking meetings across time zones probably have to deal with it a lot. And then yeah, you they just get those.
1: used to it. 2100 um, really is the hard one for me. I'm like,
0: oh, it's nine o'clock. That? Yeah. 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 Um, it's actually 20, 20 hundred, as they say, even what? though it sounds ridiculous. Twenty hundred that breaks my brain. Like the fact that 20, oh, 00 is eight. 20, 00 is I find harder.
1: Oh, that one I find really easy. That's funny. Oh, yeah, everyone has different things. Yeah. I'll tell you what time it is. What time is it? It's time for a fact.
0: It's time for a fact.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Fact time.
1: Fun fact mm. The world's littlest skyscraper mm. is just 40 feet tall mm. so, and uh, mm-hmm. is the result of a scheme.
0: Okay, well, I'm in. <laughs> um, I think I may have come across it. I think I may have come across this in, during a scheme research. I don't think we talked about it in this show, but I, don't I just think wanted so. to, to like do a pre uh, check-in uh is there a formal definition of skyscraper and does this thing meet it or is it just no. ostensibly a skyscraper?
1: There, there is a formal de- definition of skyscraper and this thing does not meet
0: it right but somebody got told it was a skyscraper <laughs> and that caused shenanigans
1: yeah so I, this is just a fun story that i came across that i wanted to tell mm-hmm. so it's it's officially called the newbie mcmahon building okay but Which it, sounds made up <laughs> and it's but you know colloquially referred to as the world's littlest skyscraper and it mm-hmm. is in downtown wichita falls texas mm-hmm. which is not Just even the of most famous wichita falls <laughs> so like, that's, uh-huh. you know you're in for for a good time there so yeah this building is happening yeah it's 40 feet tall as i mentioned and mm-hmm. it is outside dimensions are 18 feet deep by 10 feet wide 10 feet
0: wide for the whole building yeah
1: yeah so the interior dimensions are about 12 by 9
0: can you get a i'm thinking of a stair like it would have been before or would it have an no elevator? we'll get into that no okay. yeah 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 okay. so okay, the, 10 the whole feet, thing, like how do you turn this i guess maybe if yeah exactly kids.
1: it's only 108 square feet internally <laughs> and it has okay. stairways which are mm-hmm. apparently described as steep and narrow Okay, yeah. And they take up about 25% of the available interior <laughs> space, which <laughs> uh-huh. is incredible. But here's where here's where I find it fascinating. So the the building was reportedly the result of a fraudulent investment scheme. Okay. And I say reportedly because I actually spent, like, way too much time trying to track this down. But if you go... To, I'm going to put the Wikipedia link, which is where I got pretty much all these details from. And every single thing is, like... Local legend says. Local mm. rumor is. Mm. It's mm-hmm. all hearsay. It's you're repeated on like a in Grey Quest. It, I'm. I should do that level for this because it would be hilarious. That you're like but, going
0: to Wichita and trying to find someone. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, I'm like, I will find Tiffany.
1: You know. But so, <laughs> yeah. no. No one seems to know for sure, and I couldn't find a provable source. But I do like the story, so I'm going to tell it anyway. So, okay. in 1912 a large petroleum reservoir was discovered in Wichita, Wichita County, Texas. Mm-hmm. And suddenly overnight, all the towns around became boom towns with massive population growth.
0: I love that when that happens.
1: Yeah. By 1918, so six years later, an estimated 20,000 new people had moved in, which for that era is a lot, right? And especially for that area. Yeah. yeah. And many in the county became instantly wealthy. Mm-hmm. And as the county seat, Wichita Falls became increasingly important, but... Lacked any of the required infrastructure that was needed to support this new economy. Right, so people were doing
0: just just wild things happen when you have that huge influx, especially yeah, in a
1: short amount of time. People were doing apparently, you know, massive trades on streets and in tents. You Mm, know, mm -hmm. so in 1906, they there was this building that had been built in 1906 called the Newbie Building, and it was just a uh, like a boring four story brick office building. Okay, so in 1919, after this boom. Uh, J.D. McMahon, who was one of the building's tenants and a, quote-unquote, petroleum landman, which is apparently a a delightful term I never heard of for, like, a go-between for the oil industry, who,
0: like, Uh,
1: helps people solve problems. So, he announced that he was going to build a high-rise annex next to this newbie building, and it was going to solve the city's urgent need for office space. Sure. And investors reportedly eagerly lined up to participate. So, he collected $200,000— which at that time... Which is the equivalent of three and a half, $3.1 million in 2021.
0: Okay, so not enough to build a skyscraper, but a decent amount of money. No,
1: but a decent amount of money. And the key to his swindle, and I promise you... <laughs> do you want to take a guess before I reveal the key
0: to the swindle? Uh, it said, model not to scale? <laughs>
1: Essentially, <laughs> yes. It The key to his swindle was that the legal documents listed the building's height as 480 inches.
0: Uh. Four hundred eighty dash dash, like like with the little tick marks. That's right.
1: It was literally tick the two yeah. tick marks instead of the one tick marks, and he was very careful to never explicitly say it would be four hundred eighty feet.
0: Yeah, just a skyscraper of, or a, of a building of the height, and probably the document didn't even say skyscraper. It probably said no uh, office building, An office building, of building of height of height four eighty. Yeah, <laughs> double tick
1: mark. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So hilariously, McMahon never even got the permission of the newbie building to even build this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just going to build it next door. So when investors realized that they'd been swindled by, um, you know, Swindler. looking at the building, sure. No, I'm yeah, saying, like they discovered. This I by, see.
0: I see. It became by, like, hard to hide once the building once it was, was built because he actually did build a building. Yeah, because he was legally required to. Yeah, so they sued. Wow. Well, but right. again,
1: according to legend, the construction deal was declared legally binding by a local judge because it was their fault that they didn't notice or do the due right, diligence. Right. Also, it was
0: probably out of town investors versus. I'm um, sure local yeah. uh, guy who creates, co- creates yeah. fun chaos who's, for us all
1: who's watching. So they, they, but they did manage to get some of their money back because, and you you alluded to this, the elevator company refused to honor their contract <laughs> after learning what the size of the building was. In that uh-huh. era, there weren't even stairs; there was just a ladder to get to okay. the upper floors. <laughs> and he's like, "It's done." Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the time all, apparently, by the time all that happened with the lawsuits and stuff, he had already fled town. Of course, wow, well, that's true. He took the majority of the money with him. And the building was just this, like, awesome embarrassment to the town. Sure. Mm-hmm. The ground floor had... <laughs> this is so good. The ground floor had six desks. One each for the six companies that had leased the space. Oh, wow. It's just like, here. Here's a desk. Yeah. Yeah, you get one desk in the lobby. Because it's only... Oh!
0: Oh, oh, so I had not – oh, that man, this makes it worse. I had not interpreted the investors as the people who are going to be leasing the space. I interpreted them as just like, oh, well, we'll put in some money and then you give us the profits. But like they wanted to use the building. <laughs> they wanted to use the building, I think, as an office <laughs> Oh, man, that's that's worse. So <laughs> no, then that, they're so, all excited <laughs> to come to town and start their new venture and then yeah. it's like, yeah, here's your building. So you might oh, ask your yourself why you Why?
1: Why is this building still around today? Uh, well, it's a, I'm sure it's a tourist uh, – Well, but now. why is it a tourist attraction? So, Is it's the smallest skyscraper. No, well because nice it was it was it. featured in the 20s in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ah, okay. And they gave it the ter- the title World's Littlest Skyscraper because it does not qualify as a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even qualify as a high-rise. And its story you should read about it on Wikipedia. It survived like a ton of calamities over the decades, <laughs> sure. But it was fully restored in 2005 and restored to its important historical significance. yeah because it was eventually declared a historical you know whatever whatever and it um it is currently the home of a tourist attraction Mm. but also a at least as of 2013 i think a furniture store go click on the link i just sent you of what this actually looks like it is hilarious because they built it as like a tiny model skyscraper hmm yeah it has the like a skyscraper
0: vibe in its yeah like, it looks but then
1: scroll down scroll down the, the page because that even makes it look bigger than it is scroll down to the like lower thing and see the building it's attached to any oh wow well. it is not <laughs> man they would have been building. so mad
0: <laughs> you just get
1: there you're like oh, man. oh here's my new building <laughs> womp, womp.
0: <laughs> skyscraper France. Yeah, exactly. How are they going
1: to learn to read good if they can't even fit in the building? I wonder how many, like,
0: that little, that thing, obviously, they don't use inches in, like, in engineering and stuff anymore. But, um, I mean, it'll it'll be used in some context. But, like, generally, you're not having a a 14 uh, tick mark, uh, 7 tick mark, tick mark, and stuff like that on Mm. engineering drawings the way they used to. But I wonder, like, how, there must be some good stories of that going wrong like oh, by sure. accident like certainly the fraud purposes
1: but... yeah, yeah, yeah you just build something and you didn't pay attention to the drawings and you're like
0: oh this was doesn't... that was that the shtick with stonehenge in uh <laughs> um spinal tap where they like specked out the the stage oh yeah that's right it was going to be a model of stonehenge and it yeah. was going to be like eight feet tall or whatever yeah. it was 20 feet tall and then, and then it was like they 20, inches, 20 tall. inches they'd put it yeah it was tiny <laughs> oh, of course, I, I
1: just love it i mean it's just like you know imagine you know you're getting sent these like legal documents it's 1919 right the copying's not that crisp right it's just like they probably made the tick marks as unobvious as possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do it, right? kind of sloppily yeah exactly and you're just like ah i'm sure it's fine it's a skyscraper i'm giving him this much money it's gonna be great
0: yeah and they're really excited to to move in Yes there right. there new ventures oh,
1: so good. I love Taking a dream
0: which tough falls
1: so so today I made a a big change in my life,
0: oh, yeah, switching things up I
1: switched which I switched my my primary web browser.
0: oh, okay, well, I've been hearing these rumors, yeah that's like maybe it's not quite the right word for it, but the rumblings that there are at least i think two like very well uh like funded and staffed companies trying to be like the next browser. What are the two? One is called the browser company. Yeah. Uh and What's then the, other, the other, other is the streaming one. The browser company isn't the streaming oh, one.
1: Oh, right. What the heck are they called? The one where you where you're, it's Chrome but it's running on someone else's computer?
0: Mighty. Mighty mighty yeah i'm not using that one so because <laughs> you don't want you don't need a, all of your things round trip through some other server and like sent to you like uh, pixel by pixel no
1: oh by the way mighty.com is a personal injury lawyer so. oh okay well i'm
0: sure that they'll
1: raise it oh, in their and series B-mighty. d mighty.com is playing spotify and amazon music without a phone
0: I feel like there there was a rise of this idea that if you to really show off that you were a funded startup, you had to buy the dot com right away. Right. To, and then there's the kind of debacle would you remember how it ended? No. So there's a there's a startup called Color. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they paid 350000 dollars for Color.com. For color.com. Which like domains like simple word.com domains have gone for way more than that but yeah. the problem with that is like they didn't have a product yet like right. they like didn't like it's not that they didn't have product market fit like they hadn't launched anything and it was no totally and their, their app was like some
1: weird social network right it was
0: one of the social it was i mean back in the day it sounds it sounds it sounded silly then but now it sounds really ridiculous but like it was a social network you could only use with people who were physically present. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Okay, like, that I think would not it have was done like well you could share photos to people who you were currently with, and
1: he was like, "Oh, you go to a party," but then yeah. like, it's right? Sometimes people are really trying to solve problems that seem, you know, there's an entire. We're so off the original topic, but <laughs> wait, there's do you a, change There's do a, a there's a no I, there's a there's a class of problem that pe- where people are like, there is a thing that is annoying Mm -hmm. or mildly Mm -hmm. difficult and i will solve it but my solution involves every single person involved getting on board with my new app
0: yeah if you just convert the entire world to use my app Yeah. I feel like we're actually due for a round of that with email because like there used to be this idea like okay email has a million problems and spam and authentication and there's a whole bunch of stuff. And so what what we just need to do is just we'll like have email 2.0 and it's like a better version of email. But then, of course, everyone needs to switch to that. And then like it became one of those things that was just kind of agreed upon as an industry. Like no one has tried to do that directly, like certainly Slack and things like that like replace the need for certain percentages of email yeah but there's there has been a while since somebody has raised uh 100 million dollars or a billion dollars to try to like literally get every single person to stop using email and use this other thing to all communicate with every other person in the world recently i learned though that you're more likely to get money for that than you are for an
1: app that has like a, a an addressable market that's reasonable and will make money but not make a lot of money
0: Oh, you only learned that recently. You've been like so you've been sort of protected from the economics of VC. Yeah, I don't thing? do any of this. But anyway, so color.com is now a COVID testing product. Okay. Well, I mean, that's well lot more useful for the world than social network for people, yeah, yeah, but I wonder present. if it's the same com- I wonder if it's the same people. I no, I don't. I think they got acquired for like less than they paid for the domain. You anyway, browsers. I switched
1: my <laughs> I switched browsers. One of the to,
0: newfangled ones, the one that's not in the cloud, Arc. Yeah. Right? Yes. I don't know why the browser company's browser is called
1: Arc, but it is, and I I really like it. I I was using so until today I was using three different browsers,
0: mm, and then so now you have added on an additional one. No, or Arc was one replaces, of them. Okay, so, and now it's replaced your daily driver. Well, yeah. So no, and now it's replaced all of the browsers.
1: So what oh. what happened was that I. I was using Safari as my daily driver hmm. and Arc as my place I went to go look at YouTube and Instagram. Okay. Because I didn't want them tracking me across the internet. Ah well, sure. And then I went to uh, Microsoft Edge for work related things.
0: Hmm. Okay, that's interesting that you it's interesting that you use three browsers that i don't use any of those three that's amazing yeah and i used an app called finicky i use two browsers that are neither of the other ones that you mentioned
1: this is the nerdiest podcast of all time yes are you familiar with finicky
0: finicky no
1: so finicky is a uh, small app that you that allows you to write this is about to get so much nerdier allows you to write (laughs) a a config file in javascript
0: oh okay i that, mean already this is the this is the huge user base that you're talking about the vcs want yeah. to fund is something where you got to write a conf- that
1: <laughs> matches specific like like you know text to launch specific links in specific browsers
0: oh sure so you can say anytime i click on uh this domain then go to this browser to the yeah. thing yeah so you can kind of sandbox yeah meta gets kind of in its sandbox that it doesn't interact with
1: that's either. right so you can say oh any youtube link go to this browser. Any, Any work-related link, go to this browser. You can also uh, do things like any Spotify link, open Spotify. Any Zoom link, open Zoom. So it's really useful. You can also do things like rewriting things. So I rewrote Amazon, for some reason, will only donate money for you if you go to smile.amazon.com. So I just rewrote all links to Amazon to go to smile.amazon.com and things like that. But at any rate, I was using that. And in fact, with Chrome, you can even set it to a specific profile. Hmm. But anyway, so the thing is that, that happened today is that Arc launched profiles finally and they are per space they always have this concept of spaces okay uh it's a really cool browser you should check it out but anyway they had uh they had these spaces but each of they were all using the same profile so now they launched different profiles and and everything is separate extension installation cookies ah. uh absolutely
0: everything is completely different in each space so you can so, have like a work mode uh, and a personal mode or you can have like a, a personal mode and then like a i'm being tracked by facebook mode, yeah
1: so whatever. i have three i have a personal mode i have a social networking mode and a work mode yeah, and they okay. don't interact with each other so google's not signed in except on the, the work mode and instagram and youtube are not signed in except on the social mode and the other one is the one that i can just use and, and i'm not being tracked so i'm sure i'm being tracked somehow but anyway well, yeah uh, I mean, they do it by IP address anyway but indeed but like at least they don't know for sure that it's the same <laughs> person yes yeah it's, it
0: goes it goes to a different slot in their probabilistic cloud about who you are and who what to say. that's right
1: so anyway so yeah there you go
0: i like it you should check out arc it's really good yeah. okay i know that i've heard and from multiple people that they have like a really good team yeah. like that it's like a uh um very highly regarded engineering org i don't know obviously what the code is like it's
1: excellent i don't know what the code is like but the app is excellent
0: Okay, cool, yeah, yeah well, it increased my curiosity. It is cool. like a Chrome fork of right, yeah, like yeah, of being, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, they of course, yeah, of course,' like that's how the only way you can never make a browser. <laughs>